Okay, friends from all around the great planet Earth who are even remotely interested in cars and automotive stuff, guess what time it is? It's time for another episode of another... Another matrimonial episode of V8 Radio, Kevin. (laughs) Another matrimonial episode of V8 Radio. See, I got all excited. I almost skipped over the overselling adjective. I know, because mine are so good. (laughs) Yeah, wow. I'm your host, Kevin Osti, joined, as always, by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Cuball-Clark. What's the good word, my man, besides matrimonial? Uh, I do, I guess. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's two words. You're such an overachiever. Yeah, well, you know. I can't really count much higher than three, so. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, uh, that's a pretty good tease there, a matrimonial episode. And before we get into all that, um, for the couple people that choose to listen to the show repeatedly, uh, they are aware of our uh, trivia question concept where we throw a question out in the beginning and then uh, uh, make people glide through the whole show before getting the answer. Have you prepared said trivia question for this episode? <laughs> Glide through the whole show. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I have pre- I have prepared a trivia question today, sir. All right. Um, and here we go. Um, what? Uh, okay, here we go. Sorry. Okay. Take here, here we go. Now we got it. <laughs> here we go. All right. Um, Kevin, what car line first offered the in-car radio uh, and, and and I'm gonna give you some bonuses here some achievable bonuses here oh good. Um, what year did it come out and for an even super awesome bonus that's just gonna blow the wells off the intakes <laughs> how much was that option Wow who all right, so this is an, an original installation, like OE. Correct, from OE from the factory. From the factory. Uh, so, so, so radios were available in cars at some point. When was Correct. that? All right, so that's a good question. I know that, I believe anyway, that uh, aftermarket radios were first. I think like Motorola, perhaps, and... Philco, maybe those companies made add-on radios that were, you know, and then the OEs kind of adopted it. And I believe that was in the thirties. So, uh, I'm going to say 1935 or 36, 36, 1936 is the year the manufacturer. Uh, this is a tricky one because I mean, radio at that point was, you know, probably more prevalent in the U.S., so I'm going to guess that it was an American company, but I could be wrong. So let's just say it was um, – you know, I want to say Cadillac, but I'm thinking that ain't it. I'm, I'm thinking Chrysler. Maybe it was a 1936 Chrysler, and it was a $12 option. So Chrysler and nineteen thirty six and it was a twelve dollar option. Okay. 
<laughs> that has been duly noted. Yeah, that that's all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you've said that before, and you've been pretty right. But we'll find out. At the yeah, end of the show. this one, this one isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> this one really isn't right. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was not right. Wow. Well, so once again, I'm giving you a softball here. Oh yeah, your softballs <clears throat> hurt. <laughs> It's well, like a twelve-inch softball at full speed, not a, not yeah. a nice, not a nice sixteen-inch Chicago softball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not. I mean, it, this isn't as hard as what was the dashboard named after, mm. <laughs> yeah, which I still so laugh at. By that. the way, that was, yeah, right. was really excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. You'll have to listen to our previous episode if you missed that mm. one. It was good. Uh, okay, you're aware of the. Uh, the Willie's Jeep. Yes. And eventually the, I guess the Kaiser Jeep. And then the, I mean, I think <coughs> Ford made them first, right? For the military back in the way early days of World War II. And then eventually they became an American Motors product and then a Chrysler product. Uh-huh. And there's all kinds of these Jeep um, abbreviations, Right, so mm. I'm hot off the four wheel jamboree event that I was at last oh, weekend. Oh, right, right. And uh, I recognized also that last year, and we might have talked about this, but I I was fortunate enough to co-host the SEMA cruise, mm-hmm. where where you know fifteen hundred or two thousand vehicles of all shapes and sizes come parading out of the SEMA show, and uh, Joe Sebergandio and myself are tasked with color commentating where you really got to know something about everything, right? Right. And my deficiencies of automotive knowledge have never been more pointed out (laughs) (laughs) by the motoring public as they were (laughs) in the comments on videos from the SEMA cruise. (laughs) This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, yeah, this guy's horrible and, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I took it upon myself to... Uh, uh, improve my education on on the the, the off road world and the, the Jeep world a little bit so that uh, I right know on. a little less, you know, huh? a little less ignorance. So the question is, what does the Jeep CJ stand for? Ooh, man! <laughs> Ooh, god damn it! <laughs> well, oh, I was hoping you were going to say what does what did Jeep originally stand for? Well, that's open to debate too. But uh, yeah, there's a bonus um, there if you get that one. I'll throw that in. There's a bonus. Oh, thanks, man. CJ, what does the Jeep CJ? Stand for because there's the, the CJ, there's the YJ, there's the FJ, there's the um, right, right, right. Um, JK, okay, yeah, just kidding. Um, mm-hmm. the um, the CJ, oh gosh, man. Um, okay, so it's got a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think that it means it has something to do with its its um the level of its off road capability the level of its uh, off let me write this down okay the level of its off road so like how i uh <laughs> like like maybe 
it would have the CJs would have uh, I don't know locking front and rear differential um, or, or or higher heavier duty uh, suspension or or it's lifted higher than a than a YJ would be for instance. Oh brother, I'm really reaching. <laughs> Welcome to my SEMA cruise experience. <laughs> now you just need about 5,000 people in a live audience and then millions online. <laughs> right on, right on. Jeez. Oh, but uh, your bonus, um, Jeep uh, is um, historically was originally a general purpose vehicle from the military or GP. And that's how it got its nickname, Jeep. General least, That's how I understand it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As opposed to a GN, which was General Nonsense. Yes, which is what I am. Yeah, Sergeant Nonsense. <laughs> yeah. uh, Major oh. Disaster. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, I think I got a handle on that. So uh, we will see <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. if you are correct, my friend. Uh-huh. I'm gonna. I can. I think I can predict the future on this one. <laughs> you think so? I know I can. My, I'm way off. I know already. So. Oh boy. Uh, the uh, <laughs> our overselling adjective, of course, was a matrimonious uh, episode of matrimonial. Radio and, uh, right, matrimonial, holy matrimonial, mm-hmm. holy uh, matrimonial, and uh, it surely is because we are about a week into the uh, the lifelong wedlock commitment of mm-hmm. our friend trevor spence and his new wife trisha trevor being a, a technician at the v8 speed and resto shop that we've referenced often on this show one of our mm-hmm. handful of listeners also yes thank you trevor and we all you and i uh, and many others had the pleasure of being present at his wedding a couple weeks ago and it was uh, one heck of a time it was one heck of a time you are absolutely right that that venue that they picked was just just so perfect for the day it, it was. was it was outdoors it, at first the sun was a little little intense but as the as the ceremony rocked on the sun kind of dipped and it was perfect it was so pleasant set the, the scene for was us fantastic you <laughs> well you um you walk down a, a, a path to find um the altar and the uh, chairs and i'm doing this no justice whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, I that, apologize, that was Trish yeah, and Trevor. Yeah. Um, but it was so, a, a beautiful outdoor scene. Um, the the, the uh, well, b- bigger context is it's a it's a winery. Thank you. That was a uh, a converted farm, right? So this used to be a, a mm-hmm. farm, and then they cleared parts of it. So you got kind of this winding path, you know, that you're mentioning, and and mm-hmm. a clearing between some trees, and uh, and again the lattice work kind of altar and and. Uh, mm-hmm chairs and stuff um and they really they really played up on on that winding path with the ceremony i thought mm-hmm. well the one thing that was really neat about this whole this whole shindig was uh was the the the, the efficient at the wedding <laughs> the, the 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 fine gentleman who married these two uh, crazy kids. Uh, one Kevin Oste. Yeah, the inefficient, <laughs> <about> efficient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was quite a trip. So, so Trevor and Trisha had uh, asked me if I would um, be their wedding efficient, and uh, 
that was a, a heck of an honor. You know, it was, it, it's a, an interesting situation because I've known Trevor for years, um, in a, in a professional capacity, but I certainly consider him a good friend. And, mm-hmm. uh, as he met his fiance, um, you know, got to know Trisha as well. And it was, uh, one of those situations where, you know, they, they didn't require a very traditional, um, religious ceremony and they, um, you know, I guess I'm trying to put myself in their shoes, you know, the motivation to ask me to do this. <laughs> I guess I'm a known quantity to them. And, and, uh, uh-huh. I think it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool when the person giving the ceremony knows the people and knows what they like and, you know, knows a little something about them to personalize, you know, the whole thing. It, it, exactly. It, it doesn't become a cookie cutter ceremony and there certainly wasn't. So I think you did a, a phenomenal job at, at marrying those two. Well, I appreciate that. And it was all legit too. I mean, I, I, uh, Oh yeah. Kelly helped me get my official, um, ordainment to mm-hmm. be, uh, uh, recognized by the, uh, the Unification Church, right? The online one? <laughs> Is it the Universal Church or something like that? Universal Life Church. That's it. Universal, Universal Life Church. Yes. That's it. Yes. Uh, you are it, officially the Parson Brown now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, so so they give you a letter and, you know, you do a little exercise and, and you go to the, the county and the state and make sure that you're in good standing mm-hmm. and they sign off on it so you're legal. So it was it was all above board, which was... Right on. You know, many people there might not have thought that, but, uh, <laughs> and they had presented me with some notes on kind of the ceremony they wanted. And of course, being a car guy, um, mm-hmm. part of the fun was that, uh, Trevor has a, a 68 C10 pickup truck that he's been working on for a long time. And it's, it's a very mm-hmm. cool truck. It's an SS truck concept, kind of a what if, so it's got right. some Camaro style cues to it, a hockey stripe and 68 Camaro SS uh, ice cube tray hood mm-hmm. scoop inserts and Camaro bumpers front and rear. And he actually cut the tail. He cut the bed and leaned the tailgate forward and built a steel spoiler right. between right. the taillights is blacked out like a big black, you know, Camaro mm-hmm. at the time or Chevelle. So Trisha and her dad came down the winding road in the truck and parked the truck to meet, you know, their waiting groom, uh, at the altar where I was. And, and it was funny because, you know, basically all the, the males that were standing up in the wedding um, outside of Trisha's brother, essentially, was guys that work in our shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's right. It was, you know, very deep into our business, you know, but it uh-huh. was nice because that all separated. You know, you didn't feel like it was a work function or anything like that. And nobody right. felt like they were there out of obligation because they worked with the guy. Um, right. We are so insanely lucky in our shop to be able to have a, a group of people that hang out together anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like to, to, to echo what you said, it, it, even though everybody, all, all the guys there were, were from the shop, those guys are friends mm-hmm. and they, they don't just work together. They, they do hang out uh, outside of the shop and they're cool with one another and, and you are you you're right you are insanely lucky to have that because I'm sure a lot of shops don't. It's just people go in, they punch the clock, they do their work, they leave, and 
probably say as little as they have to to anybody. And, but, yeah. And but, but you guys don't have that. There's no requirement in the workplace to be friends with everybody. I mean, that's not right. why you're there. It's not called going to friends every day. It's going to work every day. You know? <laughs> That's right. But if you work with like-minded people, and in our case, you know, everybody likes to build cool cars, and that's why we're mm-hmm. here. So that that hurdle's already crossed. Um, and there is such a uh, a respect level between the team, and then you know a friendship level. And and I we really noticed it on. Um, on Trevor's bachelor party. So this is another interesting one. I think this is about the only wedding in history where, uh, you know, the groom's employer was also his minister who was also at the bachelor party. Right. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) But it was nice. It was more of a, you know, guys hanging out night of anything. Right. Uh, And we went to a, um, a place called top golf. Have you ever heard of this? This top no, golf sure. concept, yeah, 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 yeah. I like top golf. Top golf is awesome. So it, it's mm-hmm. a uh, an out in a kind of a half indoor outdoor driving range where mm-hmm. where you drive from has heaters and protection from the elements, and mm-hmm. then there's a giant you know green if you will that you you know you you golf into, but it's got a mm-hmm. digital set of targets and it knows exactly where the balls land and it scores you and they change colors and there's music playing and people are bringing drinks Mm -hmm. and there's food and music and you know it's just a a really good time and and the system is it's got a smart way of scoring so there's a chip in the ball that coordinates to each individual player and Mm -hmm. you know it tracks what order everybody goes in and on and on and on And, and i you know i'm not really a golfer i'm you know right but uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we all went and, and hung out and it was, again, just a bunch of guys hanging out. I mean, it was, it was mm-hmm. a really good time. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to end up doing another top golf trip, I think, uh, uh, for the crew at some point, uh, just nice. cause it was a fun thing to do. And then of course it culminated a couple weeks later with, uh, with the wedding. So the challenge for me, again, they, they presented a, a very clean, nice, lightweight kind of, um, um, ceremony that, that, you know, was typed up and, and I kind of went through it and, you know, the, the trick is you don't want to alter it too much to where you mm-hmm. offend anybody. Cause it's not about, <clears throat> certainly not about me and it's mm-hmm. not about how much you could screw this up. It's their special day. So, but I did want to try to, uh, tie things together a little bit and personalize it. Like we were saying before. Sure. So, it would have been way too easy to make this whole thing a car related ceremony, you know? Oh, right. As you guys, you know, do the whole shot off the line and into your, <laughs> your life on the back stretch, you know, what a, and we could have put engine parts in and car, but that, so that's definitely Trevor, but that's not necessarily Trisha, you know, she's not really right, a, right, a car right. person. So I had to kind of resist mm-hmm. that urge. But one thing that I think is pretty cool is that, uh, Trisha's family is also very well known to us, to Kelly and I, and to our team because um, mm-hmm. they're contractors. Her dad and her brother uh, are builders, right? So right. they're the ones that actually built our shop, did all the renovations and the expansion on our shop. And wow. we've known them for a long time. And I thought maybe maybe that's the way, you know. So I kind of diverged from the uh, uh, script a little bit, if you will, and 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 kind of tied together how Trevor likes to build and refine and tune, you know, things and the cars that he works on. And Mm -hmm. Trisha comes from a long history of builders uh, with her family. 
and together they can come together and build a life that they will continuously refine and tune and uh and live happily ever after and luckily she dug it and trevor liked it and it went pretty well yeah i, th- I, I think everybody in attendance dug it as well it was it was it was well spoken well said um it was a great ceremony well i appreciate that you bet i only changed a couple words the rest of it was somebody else but uh... <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh, you know not that uh I'm claiming to be some, you know, th- this was my first wedding outside of my own. You know, I didn't officiate my own, but I mean, my, right. my first, uh, uh, first one you participated job, right? in. Yeah. And, and I started to think it's like, that was actually kind of fun, especially cause I, you know, I knew everybody mm-hmm. and there are so many types of theme weddings out there today. You know, the star Wars and there's, you know, right. Fictional characters and all that kind of stuff. Maybe there's an opportunity to do a, a more car guy wedding, and maybe and be officiated by an actual car guy. Hmm. It would I think have you to found be, a, I think you found a neat niche, man. Maybe I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing it out there, you know. So if if it's a couple that both dig cars, you know, obviously it would have to be both of them. Um, right. Oh yeah, that would be a disaster. <laughs> yeah, otherwise. <right>. <laughs> But to... uh, that that could that could really take off. I mean, you. I mean, as much as you probably don't want to admit it, you you are a preacher. <laughs> you you you, you and, I, and I mean that in the best way possible. You can really do that. You you have a great eloquence in your cadence and how you how you say things and how you talk to people. You would be phenomenal at officiating car weddings, car guy weddings. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. That's yeah, two, yeah, two, yeah. Two, two words there: eloquence in my cadence. I might have to mm-hmm. rinse that out or something. That's my that's my big couple of words of the day. Yeah, I'll have to go look those up. Well, right on. So then, the <laughs> I appreciate that. That's very kind of you to say. You bet. And uh, the the reception was in a, a a tent structure, kind of right back up the hill from the, the mm-hmm. little clearing, and they had right. a, they had a good DJ. They had great food. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they had enough uh, enough to eat and drink, and they sure the, did. The crowd we about was, wiped them out of Bud Selects. <laughs> oh yeah, had a couple of them, <laughs> and, and the crowd was was ready. You know, they they enjoyed yeah. it. They had a great time, and and uh, so this is also an unusual wedding because there was an official dance floor and the unofficial dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, wherever Tyler was, was the unofficial dance floor. Right. Yeah, exactly. So the official <laughs> dance floor was at the one end of the tent, you know, right by mm-hmm. the DJ and the lights and everything else. And then at the back, at the other side of the, the tent was our crew, uh, all dancing and going crazy all night. <laughs> right. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And was calling phenomenal. out Tyler Dennison, our, uh, our mechanic technician. And, uh, mm. Uh, Brett Frankovich, who's a fabricator, Brett. the two of right. them, and and Jonathan Clemens, another uh, uh, tech, also mechanic. Um, those guys tore it up, man. And, they did. And Kelly was going nuts for a while there too. And <laughs> That's the in- awesome. Inside track there is she had ice on her feet until about Thursday after. Really? <laughs> 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 oh, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, you actually speaking of Kelly, you and Kelly um, both graciously opened your your home to my wife Jenny and me to crash at your place while we uh, came down there, and we we really appreciate that. So, uh, so anytime, thank you man. For that. Yeah, anytime. it's nice. Our, our it's pleasure. comfortable there. I like it. 
Yeah. Well, it was a great weekend yeah. all the way around. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it really was. It really was. So, yeah, it was great. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. they, uh, Trevor and Trisha went on their honeymoon. They, they uh, went to the Pacific Northwest, the San Juan Islands, yeah. uh, in, the, in Puget Sound, and went to Mount St. Helens, and Trevor got to fly mm-hmm. around on some planes, and they went on boats. And, and, uh, right. Did uh, some whale watching out there? Yep, yep. Did some whale watching. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, don't, I don't think he got mm-hmm. a ride on a steam train this time. That's usually a Trevor vacation requirement. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I forgot Trevor is a big train fan. He really loves, like, old steam locomotives. Oh, totally. Totally. That's his thing. Yeah. You know, Trevor likes steam trains and uh, plane crash videos. He really likes those, too. Plane crash videos. <laughs> yeah. Oh. How macabre. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, especially when he gets on planes. He likes to um, oh, boy. look up the crash record for the type of aircraft that he's currently on. Oh, man. And it, it really makes people nervous when they're flying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's funny you say that because I do like to go through a bit of turbulence when I'm, when I'm on a plane as well. And uh, You like that? I, I, really, I really do. I'm really, it's kind of weird. I was on a, I was on a plane once. Um, it was a, like a, on a commuter jet. And it was hitting some pretty serious turbulence. And, you know, your cup of water on your trade table started floating and then dropping down. That's how violent wow. things were getting. And I thought it was awesome. I figured, you know, if we if we crash, it's going to be over quick. It's uh, not going to be painful. So, yeah. so just enjoy the ride. Ch- chances are it's not going to go down. So enjoy the ride. <clears throat> I guess you're right. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I often, when I get into that situation, the thing that gets me is... Uh, a double-edged sword of logic, right? So I'll be on the plane and it'll start shaking and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, ah, this thing's been through this a million times before and it's still flying, right? It's just fine. I, I know where you're going with this. Except now, <laughs> today, it's finally fatigued. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Except now is the time to see on the snapping too. Right, yeah. So, well, anyway, that uh, Trevor and Trisha made it back okay. Uh and he was back Good. in the in the shop. And uh, is he? Good. You know, honestly, he looked like he was kind of missing that honeymoon a little bit. But um, he's back, mostly back in the swing of things. It's good to have him back, and I'm sure they're yeah. going to be they're going to be great for each other. It's it's you know they they, they really seem already to, are so yeah they seem to genuinely care and love each other. So that's that's a great start. Yep. Yep. So right on. The V8 family yeah. has grown. Yes, it has. It has. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, you know, the, the shop capabilities are growing at the same time. Oh, I was going to use that segue. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> oh, dang, got it. Uh, yeah, so this uh, past couple of weeks, we've expanded our, our under-roof capabilities a little bit by uh, um, adding... Uh, a fully equipped uh, interior shop to the V8 Speed and Resto shop as well. That is that is huge news for the V8 Speed and Resto shop. Yeah, it is. And at the same time, we've been kind of creeping into this um, mm-hmm. because we want to make sure everything goes well. Sure. Uh, essentially, what ended up happening is uh, Jay, um, our fabricator who works in the, the back of the building with metal, um, was building some console and and doing some retrofit work on a uh, mm-hmm. a 69 Camaro console uh putting modern 
fifth gen Camaro gauges into it and doing some mm-hmm. fiberglass work and, you know, molding some pieces and wrapping some cloth around it and everything. And he's like, you know, I really miss doing interior work. And I said, what? Hey. Yeah. And and we knew that he had done this type of work in the past, but I, I, I think we made the assumption that he was burned out on doing it. Um, uh, well, it turns out that he was burned out in the way his previous shop did it. I see. And okay. not necessarily the the act of sewing and creating things and soft material and everything mm-hmm. else. So we said, well, you know, what do you would you like doing about that stuff? And he's like, oh, I liked all of it. And he started whipping all these pictures of, you know, custom seat covers he's made and door panels and headliners and convertible mm. tops and vinyl tops and and consoles and dashboards and audio enclosures and, you know, fiberglass and sewing and French stitching and wrapping wow. dashboards and wrapping steering wheels and, you know, putting trim in everything. And, you know, it's basically you name it, you know, hog ring seat covers and. Sure. And I said, well, if you've got this capability, um, you know, this is something that we've wanted to bring in house uh, mm-hmm. for a long time because really the only thing left that we contract out is engine machine work. You know, just about mm-hmm. everything else we do in house uh, except the interior stuff. And, and to be able to control that, um, especially with a guy who's very talented and, and creative. Mm-hmm. And it's not just him. There's a couple other guys in the shop that also have had that experience, but didn't really have the the tools or the equipment. Uh-huh. Um, so we were fortunate enough that uh, where our employee break room is, is actually a, an adjoining house next to our shop that we own. And the front half of that um, had become vacant. We used to rent it out to a, a little t-shirt shop and she mm-hmm. decided to move on. Mm-hmm. So we had a space to do this kind of work that was isolated and clean and, and quiet. And, um, you know, of course, Kelly went into full tilt research mode about, you know, some proper equipment. So, uh, we picked up a used, uh, Juki, a Japanese industrial sewing machine Uh and, you know, the, you know, various different kinds of pliers and, and, uh-huh. you know, hand tools. Shears um, and scissors and all that stuff. Right? Yeah, right. Well, and, and yeah. so electric foam cutters, you know, to, to cut the oh, right. like, foam and things like that. Um, <clears throat> some heat press devices and, and, you know, different kinds of things. And uh, uh, Jay uh, Jenner just um, dove in head first and has been working on the uh, the front part of the 39 LaSalle cabin, uh, oh, doing some tune-ups nice. on that. And uh, his work has been beautiful. It's been, it's really, really oh, nice. man, that's so, good. That just makes you feel good, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Because yeah. it was, you know, there's always a risk um, uh-huh. of investing in a division that, you know, uh-huh. I'm not super familiar with. I mean, I know, uh-huh. I know how all this stuff is done, but it's not like I've right. done a lot of it. Uh, but... That's the way, you know, we try to run the business that not necessarily that I know how need to know how to do it, but we put the right people in, you know, that, that can do it. Uh And as just kind of looking around the shop, I'm now convinced that we could keep Jay busy for months. Um, because there are Perfect. so many things to do that we have just been in the mindset to outsource and now nice. we don't have to. That's ooh. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Well, that is a that's a great uh, great addition. It is, and and I think the other cool part about it is Jay, being a metal fabricator, knows how pieces are made. Uh-huh. He knows how they fit together, right? So, um, 
we've had experiences in the past where we'll make a custom door panel or something out of steel or aluminum or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the person who makes it only works in the steel. So they, they build it to a certain tolerance. Then the interior guy's all mad because he can't wrap his material around it, make it right. fit right. Right. Um, but now, uh, you know, Jay or, or Brett, our other metal guy might mm-hmm. be making something. And now they're aware, acutely aware that mm-hmm. this is going to be upholstered. So mm-hmm. leave the room. And if by chance the piece isn't the right shape, they go back in the metal shop and make it the right shape. Yep. Yep. That's perfect. You know, that's a great, that's a great marriage. It really is. Yes. So then they also, um, appreciate what it took to make the metal piece, you know, that's getting wrapped. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas we've had situations in the past where, uh, you know, a customer spent a lot of money to make sure that the doors, the inside of the doors were painted properly and, you know, it wasn't just oversprayed into primer and, and right. there was detail work done. And yes, it got covered by a door panel, but that's, that wasn't the point. The point was that the customer knew that every surface of this car was done right. And it went to a, an interior shop and it came back and we had to readjust all the door panels because the, the interior shop didn't have that same quality standard, you know? Mm. And we took the door panels off and found that the doors were all scratched up because they were just kind of jamming screws in and the screw would slide and, you know, the, and it's like, oh, so we had to go back and repaint stuff and, you know. That stings. Right, that is. Mm-hmm. It, it, and all that's not an issue any longer. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's just a better service to the customer when they can just drop it off at our place and not worry that it's going to go somewhere else to a third party. Right. Well, there's one point of contact now for, yeah, for, right. for everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, say say for the engine machine work, but uh, but everything else, you now have your thumb on the quality control of virtually every aspect of the complete restoration, and that is really what you're going for. Yep, yep. So, to be able to to bring that service and that quality level is is huge. And the fun thing is, is the the upholstery team now, the interior guys. Um, they are very creative and they were real happy to, you know, we got a little table set up with sample materials and you know, the whole thing. It's like going on it, 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 that could probably stand alone as its own business for crying out loud. You know, it's got, it's self-sufficient. It's got all the tools, it's got everything it needs, uh, you know, staff and everything else. Uh, and it's part of our, obviously part of our umbrella, but that's how right. complete this this venture is it's not like oh and then we you know we roll a sewing machine out of the corner and the guy sits there right it, it's the real deal you know yeah you and can't dip your toe in it you got to dump jump all the way in yep, yep. If you, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a full service uh offer a full service interior mm-hmm. uh shop you got to jump all the way in so well not only not? that so on the supply side we've got some real strong relationships with suppliers that that you know supply the the raw materials the mm-hmm. the foam the glue the clips the you know the, the yeah. bobbins and the thread and all the rest mm-hmm. and we've been helped by some really great people one guy i'd like to mention in specific is tracy weaver at a, a shop called the recovery room which is a brilliant nice. interior shop yeah it's a great name yeah um, and, you know, they're Riddler quality stuff, you know. And really? He's, oh, boy. He's several states away from us. Uh, you know, so he's not like a competitor down the street by any by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, but he guided us on d- 
decisions for material and equipment and, you know, things. He really shared a lot of experience and he's like, look, we're all in this together. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if, if he does well, we do well, we do well, he does well, you know, the, sure. the customers do well, everybody wins. So there was no, you know, animosity. And we've known him for a long, long time. In fact, right. many years ago before V8 Radio was a consistent podcast, I put out a handful of interviews every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, that were podcast style, but not to this degree. And he not was to one this of our... level of quality, my friend. No, we didn't have an industry guy, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Ira. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Tracy was a guest uh, on our show a long, long, probably 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have to dig that up. And um, so we really, uh, you know, appreciate him and, and a few other interior mm-hmm. people around the country who said, Hey, you might want to look at this and get this size needle. And you know, this is what you really need. Um, and Jay also, uh, brought a lot of that info to the table as well. And, 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 you know, bless this guy because he's like trying to find the economical way to do it. You know, he's not like, Oh, sure. you know, you need to bring the, the, uh, Stein way of you know, <laughs> sewing machines in, or I won't touch it. You know, there was, right. there was nothing like that. He's like, look, right. we can get away with this and this. And, and Kelly actually kind of went the other way. And she's like, look, I, if I'm buying this stuff and we're going to invest in it, we're going to get good stuff. So let's, let's do it right. Good for uh, her. Yeah. You don't need to get halfway through a project and have a tool failure or, you know, right. Materials, you know, whatever they're going to do break or mm-hmm. needles break or, you know, whatever. So, um, so it's all good, and and uh, so that the thirty nine LaSalle is um, the first project, and then we've got some uh, some GTO seats to stuff, and we're doing the vinyl top mm. on that sixty seven. It's it's like just about finished. It just needs the the interior is that right? to be done. Yeah, um, man, that GTO, woo wee! Yeah, it's coming out nice. Um, uh-huh. So I'm I'm super excited, and now I'm starting to look around, like I said, and, and think, oh, you know. Even on personal projects, I can I can hire us to make that convertible top boot for my Galaxy instead of take it somewhere. Right. And, you know, far rather hire our own shop to do that stuff than, you know, right. send it somewhere else. And uh, not, not just from a quality standpoint, but the optics look better, too, that you're using your own shop for, for your projects rather than outsourcing something that you do already to someone else. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So that's uh that's very exciting. That is exciting. I'm I'm very happy well, that I appreciate this is that. happening. I mean, not that I have a dog in the in the fight or anything like that, but it's just <laughs> it's just it's just cool to see uh to see the shop still growing and still yes. evolving, which is fantastic, which is what you want to do. Yes. In in a manner that I didn't really expect, but it, it's so organic, you know, it just it makes perfect sense to do this. Uh, and and grow in this manner, even though, again, we didn't expect it. Right, right. Yeah, but it's that's when the greatest things happen when uh, when you least expect it. Yeah, we hope so. You know, and 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 you know, kind of speaking on those lines of things that were unexpected. You know, these days, like like right now, uh, uh-huh. we've been working on uh, on what has been described to me as trying to do one of the world's ultimate car shows on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> summer of kevin lives on yeah right so the the latest <laughs> chapter is um you know the internet has spoken a little bit about this event but there is a mm-hmm. car show that's going to happen in saudi arabia of all places 
That's crazy. It is. And uh, I'm gracious because I've I've been asked to participate and be part of this car show um, in a a hosting capacity. And at the same time, our shop is going to have a presence there uh, representing V8 Speed and Resto to you know, work with potential customers in the Mideast that like this stuff. And um, in addition to that, there's another 2.99 million square feet of other activities going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this just isn't a car show. This this is a national event, yes. pretty much. It's I mean, a it, this, this is really really huge. I mean, th- this is this is SEMA. This is McCacken. This is every good guy show, all rolled into one, and then some. It's it's nuttiness. Uh, yeah, so it really is. You know, kind of all those shows wrapped up into one, and a few others, uh, especially from a content standpoint, right? So mm, right. I think this deserves a little bit of context because uh, the whole concept is is pretty far out there, but. Essentially, what has happened is the kingdom of Saudi Arabia has realized that their economy is probably not going to be petrol based forever. So in order to inspire other areas of economic growth, um, the king has come up with a, uh, I guess, a series of programs that they're calling the, the, the Vision 2030 Mm. And, and they're using the year 2030 as a uh, yardstick to achieve certain goals throughout the kingdom to advance their whole society, essentially. Mm. And, and it's really interesting what they're doing. I, I'm not going to say that they're trying to, you know, westernize their culture and their country. Right. But some of the things they're doing um, certainly lean that direction. So. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll dig this statistic. I heard this the other day, and I don't know if it's, a, if it's 100% true or not. But I was told that the Saudi population, 75% of the population is between 17 and 33 years old. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, a, a largely young population, and it is dominated by males and even females now who really like the automotive culture. That is the ultimate demographic. Yeah, it is. They, they like cars. And, and so the way this all fits into the, the Saudi vision 2030 is that uh, they are trying to identify growth areas of, of business and mm-hmm. um, entertainment um, and, and different ways to uh, improve their culture. And some of the things are very far-reaching like for example they're trying to increase the life expectancy of all of their inhabitants they are trying to increase uh, the amount of women working in the workplace uh, by six or seven percent by the year 2030 so these are like you know kingdom-wide societal Mm -hmm. advancements Um, and then they want to bring more artwork into all their cities they want wow. to increase the uh, the economic ranking of their cities on the world stage, you know. So they want to have, you know, a handful in the top 100 economies of the world, um, and even top 10. So oh. the way they want to do this is to have a series of events, and and this all started, I think it was announced in 2016. So for oh, the past really? couple of years, they've been already having some of some of the events under the Vision 2030. Um, and this year they've got a thing called Saudi Seasons, 
where each calendar season is spotlighting a different city and and the uh, the kind of the fall season coming up is in Riyadh and one of the programs is an automotive expo right so it's a mm. a giant car show uh to stimulate the automotive market and the way they decided to do it was to uh essentially they're dealing with a company called Bonnie Air, which um, <clears throat> I've been doing a bunch of work for going to their U.S. events. They're a very strong mm-hmm. automotive and, and truck event company. And they got connected with the, the, uh, the royal family. And the royal family said, hey, we want to put this show on and we want you guys to do it. Um, mm. I believe they approached SEMA to do this event first. But I think it was... It's very close to the the SEMA show in November. This is also in November, and and uh, I think SEMA didn't quite either grasp or want to be involved. You know, I can't speak for them, but right. um, they chose not to, I guess. And, uh, and Bonnie Air got the nod to do this. So, you know, right out of the box, the guys at Bonnie Air said, "Well, what do you want the show to be?" And they said, "Well, we want it to have." an economic standpoint. So we want trade show displays. We want manufacturers to bring parts and bring stuff to the, to the region. And we want these people to set up dealers and work with shops and do what you do at a trade show. Okay. What else? Well, we want to have uh, some demonstrations. So there's a formula one track. There's a monster truck course. There's a cart race. There is a, a, a drift track, you know, everything down to the, a, a giant life-size version of the Hot Wheels loop, you know. Oh, wow. You know, they want all this major league, you know, live entertainment going on. It's like, okay, sure. cool, you know. All right. <laughs> we also want a, an auction component because they know the car auctions are hot, you know, and they're mm. entertaining. So, uh, you know, they, they wanted to have a giant auction and they wanted uh, big numbers on all this. So they, they wanted 250 exhibitors in the trade show element. Uh-huh. They oh, wanted yeah. over 400 cars to go through the auction and, and be for sale. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, in addition to all the other displays, they want American automotive celebrities. They want uh, personalities. They want race car drivers. They want, you know, everything you can do essentially in the automotive world as an enthusiast is going to happen at this event. So that's a pretty tall order, you know. <laughs> a bit. Especially because it's being done in a country where this stuff normally doesn't happen. You know, if Mm -hmm. if they said, we're going to do this in Mexico City, or we're going to do this in Canada, we're going to do it in, you know, in Germany or somewhere like where automotive events like this are fairly commonplace, uh, especially for American vendors, it would be a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So in order to incentivize this, um, the king is actually financing this whole thing. Holy cow. Yeah, it's unbelievable. He's he, they are the the the. It's called the the General Entertainment Commission uh, uh, for the Kingdom. They are uh, financing all of the companies that are on display. They're, they're flying them all over. They are paying to have their their products shipped over. They're building the booths and the trade show displays for these people. The only thing you're responsible for is if you have a staff. You have to pay the hourly rate, you know, wage of your staff. But the kingdom is paying for the transport, the hotels, <laughs> you know, wow, everything, right? So, interestingly, that 
that might have made this a little bit of a harder sale because it just sounds so crazy. <laughs> you know? it, it sounds a little too good to be true. Right. Exactly. What's the what's yeah. the hook? You know, what's the catch? Yeah, 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 exactly. And when it came to the auction cars, um, they, they immediately partnered with the Worldwide Auction Company, which uh, uh, had about 215 cars earmarked for auction that they could bring to this thing. But, but how do you do that, right? So, so yeah. uh, the entertainment um, authority hired uh, through Bonnier Passport Transport in the United States to start picking up cars. And as, as, as the auction company, you know, supplied also other individual car builders and people that wanted to, to move a car, uh, they signed up. And if they got approved, their cars got picked up from their house or their place of business. And they, they went on a passport transport truck and they went either to Long Beach or to Savannah, Georgia. And uh-huh. they get on container ships uh-huh. and they go to the other side of the world and they're up for auction. And wow. the requirements were it had to be a special car. You know, so I think the, the absolute bottom dollar was $100,000, you know, value-wise that they would Jeez. do. But I, but I heard today there's a $15 million Delahaye that's there. Really? Yeah. Woo. Yeah. And Oof. We, can, we can do the math, but like I said, about 400 and, or 415 cars. Somebody said the dollar value of the cars is $550 million. God darn it. So That's a we, good day's pay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of uh, of high dollar cars that are going to be there, and it's like holy cats. And some of the owners, of course, were apprehensive because they're like, "Well, am I going to give you my right. car and my title, and it's gone? How do I know right. what happens on the boat if it gets uh-huh. damaged? You know, is it ever going to? Is this legit?" So, so the auction company was managing the titles, and okay. uh, the 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 king's uh, commission chartered the boats to transport and, uh, and off they go. And if they don't sell, they come back and they pay to bring them home. So it's not like a ransom thing where it's like, well, your car didn't sell and it's up to you to get it back. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's, uh, that's all part of the deal. So there, the F1 track thing is coming together and, and all those other entertainment activations are all happening. And, uh, our role like I said, the, the V8 Speed and Resto Shop is going to have a booth display there. And uh, the ZR9 Camaro that we built a few years ago, right. um, it lives in Dubai. And the owner has graciously uh, uh, agreed to bring the car to Saudi for the week so we can have that on display and we can show people what our shop is capable of. Um, and that's, maybe, that's super cool. It is, yeah. Maybe we yeah. get some customers that uh, allow us to push the envelope even farther and, and build cooler stuff and send yeah. it back to them, you know. Um, and then my own involvement is there's going to be a, uh, a media stage uh, in one of the halls, um, and I've been tasked with uh, uh, performing interviews with, with exhibitors and notables and celebrities and, and all kinds of different people throughout the whole week. Uh, and providing entertainment content uh, for the show. And I think there's going to be a, an opening reception banquet that I'll be hosting uh, on the first night as well. So uh, it's, it's going to be a whirlwind. Um, mm-hmm. But so far, so far it's been a lot of fun because, again, as, as one of the guys from Bonnie Air pointed out, 
we're doing a giant car show on the moon. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, it would probably be easier to actually have a car show on the moon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are so many moving pieces to this. It would probably be easier to take a football stadium apart brick by brick, move it across the country, then put it all back together. You know, in many ways, I think you're right. Um, but from what I've seen, there's a, uh, an entertainment and sports entertainment company that is, um, based uh, in in Jeddah in in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. and they do like giant sporting events, giant soccer tournaments. They do uh, award ceremonies and you know Olympics kind of stuff. Okay, and, and they're the ones who are doing the actual build out of the facility and and getting all the the hard parts together. So it's mm-hmm. you know a known quantity putting that stuff together, which is good. Yeah. But the footprint of this, like I said, is about 3 million square feet. And I saw some video already two weeks ago that they had machines that were resurfacing all the concrete that makes up the base to be flat enough for F1 cars to do 200 miles an hour. Oh, my gosh. Just monumental construction and, and... logistics and uh, it's it's insane it's just crazy it just blows your mind just blows your mind man I, yeah I, the, yeah the, just uh, the logistics of, of this all it just just makes my just makes me scratch my head right right and so there's been a lot of interesting feedback you know some people are like well you know why are you doing it there you know what, what what's the point right who, who benefits from all this you know so the king wants to throw some money around and have a car show well uh, you know the way i look at it is this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to share what we do with people that are genuinely interested mm-hmm. who have never seen this stuff before outside of maybe on the internet, you know. And right, you know, right, right. I know that exotic cars are very you know, popular there and a handful of muscle cars, but not on the scale that it's coming to them by mm-hmm. a lot of the American masters that build this stuff. So Rick Dorr is shipping over one of his cars that's, that's being sold. You know, Foose is going to be there. King Dick, Dave Kendig is going to be there. Uh, I think Steve Strope is going. Uh, Jimmy Shine. Um, nice. Richard Rawlings. You know, Richard Rawlings. <laughs> Ryan Friedlinghouse, you know, from uh, West Coast Customs. And, and, and mm-hmm. they're all bringing cars. And, and uh, you know, other shops that build stuff like ours are bringing cars. And, and the manufacturers are putting all these parts right in front of them and they would never ever have this opportunity so i look at it as uh you know kind of a a neat way to advance that region um in a a business and, and and personal entertainment space that uh is affording them an opportunity that they would never have. And, and it's affording us an opportunity to, to reach those people and, and share this stuff around the oh, world, yeah. you know, and how cool is that? Oh, it's, it's ridiculously cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it gives you, it gives the, on, on a personal level, the VA speed and resto shop, a, a chance to become a real international type of business where you could pick up a ton of customers. They, they see your work there. They see that the car that lives in Dubai there and i mean it speaks for itself yeah i mean there's definitely that you know from Mm -hmm. a from a business standpoint and that that also counters another point that i've heard where people are like you know spend your money here in the u.s you know why why are you bothering with the middle east and i think what they're overlooking is that 
we're probably going to bring a lot of money back to this country. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're not laying out a lot of money to go over there. The king is laying out money. Right. We're not laying out any you money. to go there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're not spending your money over there. You're raking in the money from over there, which <laughs> is what yeah. we want to do. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. So that's that's a win-win. Yeah. And, so. and for them, I, I applaud the fact that they are... They want to better their society with longevity and health and afford them the opportunity to do what we do on, in a car world that we think is so cool. I mean, I don't care what you say. Cars are universal. People dig old cars. They dig new right. cars. They like sports oh. cars. They like racing. And, and this is a chance to put you know top-level examples of all of this in front of a population that is hungry for it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a great diplomatic approach to mm-hmm. bridging a cultural gap, you know. As soon as you fire up anything, the heads turn and everybody smiles and now you're brothers, you know. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. So Kevin Oste, diplomat and preacher. Nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, that does it. We've got to end the show. you got to shine up your resume, my man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's 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 getting shined up, all right. right. <laughs> the shine really oil is, is yeah. dripping all off of it, all over the place. <laughs> or is that something else? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, but that's a, that's really exciting news. And um, I remember when you first told me about it, I was just really stoked about the whole concept. And when you explained it to me, it's 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 a really great opportunity for for not just you but for for America in general to really mm-hmm. spread who we are to a country who doesn't really get to taste that kind of freedom and and, and see that kind of culture mm-hmm. come over there. So you we you know we hear about how oppressive um, Muslim countries can be, even though it's not a huge leap. They are moving towards being a bit more of a progressive society. The fact that, that they're allowing more women to work. Women can drive in Saudi Arabia now. Mm-hmm. Um, those are steps in the right direction. I mean, totally. uh, gr- granted, there's a long way to go, but I think they recognize that they need to change. And this is a great step toward that change. I think so. And, and you've been there. You were stationed there, <clears throat> yeah. right? Twice. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, during the during the Gulf War in '91, I was over there a couple of times, and yeah, yeah I saw firsthand how their society works. And there's there's some interesting things that that go on over there. Yeah, um, I know. I, I told you, I told you and Kelly the stories. Um, in the in the middle of a like a giant market, there are there were uh, big open air tables of of gold. People are selling gold in these markets, and uh, I think at least twice or three times a day, there would be a, a, a general prayer call over these loudspeakers, and everybody would have to stop what they're doing. They have to go into an area and they have to pray. So you have all this gold lying out that they would just put like a black fabric cover over. <laughs> and there's, I mean, there's nobody's guarding it. There's no like mm-hmm. bulletproof glass casing. It's open. They go, they do their prayer, they come back. Everything is as it was. Nobody touched a thing. Yep. Because it's a, some pretty harsh punishment for theft in the kingdom. Yeah, which, well, they'll chop I mean, your hands you, off. Yeah, yeah, you lose a hand. Nobody yeah. wants to lose a hand. 
No. So no, it works. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's it's a very effective deterrent. It's uh, you know barbaric and archaic, but it works. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So well, and that, and that stuff still goes on today. That does. Um, mm-hmm. There are different nuances that uh, are apparently changing kind of real time. So Kelly's going, and one of her concerns was that. Uh, traditionally men don't talk directly to women, look them in the eye, especially in business mm-hmm. transactions. You know, it's just right. the, the culture. But we're learning that that is advancing like really rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, and a neat thing that happened is, you know, Kelly was very concerned about safety, about personal safety, about the safety of the whole group, and then dealing with people and, and whatnot. And through yeah. Facebook, she friended uh, a gal who's in her early 50s, who's from Ohio, who lives mm. there. Uh, I guess she's an expat, you know, she's an American that transplanted and she's a, uh, uh, you know, I guess some kind of a life coach, business coach type thing. And she's, her and Kelly are talking daily about just general daily experiences and how you deal with people and everything else. And this woman will post on her Facebook page that, oh yeah, I'm tired because last night I was out till two in the morning singing at an open mic night in a, in a club. Oh, wow. Right. And that that didn't happen a few years ago. No, sir. You know, no, this, when this I was is... there when I was there, women couldn't drive. The the these women got caught driving a car and they got in some deep trouble. I mean yeah. serious deep trouble for driving. Right, right. Well now they can drive yeah. and they can sing and there's live music and uh they're still, you know, they don't do alcohol, but right. they can go to the uh, the clubs and where they but, used to be very segregated of single men and, and families, you know, now they're kind of mixing that up a little bit more. And But let's be serious. I, you can probably get some alcohol <laughs> if you're over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard the, uh, you know, they do the U S embassy has beer taps, you know, yeah. <laughs> installed, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, but believe me, I, I need to be as sharp as I possibly can for this trip. So, I, you know, that's not my motivation is to go there and try right, and sneak right, some right. booze. I know. I, I, get, I get it. <laughs> I'm sure somebody could probably somebody could probably lead you in the right direction if that were the case. But Yeah. But, uh, it's a risk I don't think I want to take. <laughs> no, 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 no. Obviously, yeah. Heck no. But so now Kelly's far more comfortable about going because she's getting Good. a straight scoop from you know, I'm an glad. American woman that lives there who's pointing out, yeah, you know, you, one of the things she was concerned with was how much of a, of a cover does she have to wear? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's been pointed out to her that today, if you are an American business person, you're not a native and, and Muslim, you don't necessarily have to have your head covered all the time. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, the covering is becoming a little less uh, conservative and, and it's becoming a little okay. more stylish. And uh, so Kelly asked the question today. So can I have the V8 Speed and Resto logo put on uh, my Abaya cover? (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking that. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So she always pushes the envelope a little bit. So hopefully it doesn't get pushed too far. But (laughs) I don't see a big problem with that. I think that would be great. I don't know. Yeah, I think it would be too. As long as it's not, you know, violating some centuries-old custom of... You can have your interior guy make some up. No, look at that. <laughs> look at that. You're right. There you go. Well, the other you know, nice thing is it just happened that the layout of this event has the, the media stage um, about 30 feet away from where our shop display is going to be. Is that right? Oh, yes. good placement. So as I'm sitting on stage, 
I'll be looking basically across the Celine display into our own VHB oh, Resto display. Good. So we'll be able to stay in contact that way. And our, our concern Perfect. is that she'd be on the other side of the world. And, you know, that, that would be a little yeah. bit yeah, unnerving. Yeah, a little nervous. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how many how many people are you bringing over there with you? Is it just going to be you and Kelly? You're going to bring some shop guys with you? Um, well, what we're going to do actually is uh, we're bringing a customer. We're bringing our friend uh, Grady. And, oh, uh, boy. We built that uh, 72 Coyote Bronco for him a while back. Mm-hmm. And and Grady has traveled all over the world. He's not necessarily been to, to Riyadh, but he's, um, he's a businessman who has some flexibility in his schedule and can do this trip. Cool. Um, you know him. We've been to SEMA together. Yep. He, he's come to the SEMA show with us. Uh, mm-hmm. He he's he's got a way with words, you know. He's a <laughs> <laughs> I I hope he when he lands in the kingdom he doesn't ask where he can, where he can go get a beer. Yes, right. <laughs> no, he he gets it. Uh, his father was an Air Force pilot. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, we talked well, about. I, that. I did. Yeah, we talked about that at the wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he understands the significance of you know traveling in other countries and safety mm-hmm. and all that uh right. but he's also close to our our shop family because he understands what it's like to be a customer uh-huh. and he also understands what we do so um we feel he's a good qualified person to chat with people from any part of the world about becoming a v8 speed and resto shop customer perfect um, and at the same time uh, this is going to be a couple weeks after the SEMA show, and we kind of still need our team to be running the shop and working. I see here in the USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kelly and I both out. You know, we could have brought some technicians or or whatnot, but again, a lot of this is unknown, and I, I'd be remiss if I said I wasn't concerned about you know safety and mm-hmm. and and all the rest of it. I, so we're I trying to have as you know minimal impact on the local business at our shop as we can, but okay. hopefully, uh, bring home some, some cool project, uh, um, you know, customers. So, yeah. Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I can't wait to, I can't wait to hear everything. A full, we, we need a full debrief when you come back. Oh, you'll get it. You'll get it. Mm-hmm. There, there, there may even be some video, some live video coming out of there. We'll see. Oh, right on. Uh, there are censorship, laws that are you know new mm-hmm. um, about live streaming and about what you can disseminate um okay. that we're kind of navigating okay so we'll see about that All and right. uh quite honestly we referred to it earlier the sema cruise and the sema show that that's first as far as my next uh you know big giant event mm-hmm. uh, as i say that this weekend we're actually going to california to be uh, shooting video at the uh, at an off-road ex- expo for Bonnie Air as part of what we're doing to help them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then SEMA's right around the corner. And this year, my SEMA involvement is ratcheted up a little bit too. So um, I got to stay focused oh, on that right. first. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm also, you know, a little bit more of the process on the Riyadh show. So there mm-hmm. are things that I kind of have to be doing now concurrently so yeah it's stuff in every direction (laughs) (laughs) but i'm just super lucky to have the opportunity i mean it's just it's mind-blowing you know right on well you deserve it you you do a great job people like you and uh, why wouldn't they want you to do all these things for them so good for you well 
again, I appreciate that. So you bet. You know, n- no job too small. You need to you need to get married, or you need to do a global car show. What do you mean? <laughs> all points in between. That's right. I'm the, I'm the Mr. Haney of whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice way to pull that one out. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've uh, dragged our friends long enough. Um, mm-hmm. We should answer they, our trivia we, questions. We, we we glided them long enough. Yeah, we did. We did. Mm-hmm. But in the in a very long glide path. A long glide. Yeah. Yeah. Final approach. Here it comes. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Kevin. I asked you what was the first, what car line um, debuted the first available in-car radio oh yeah and as a bonus i asked you uh what year and the super bonus uh how much was that option mm. uh when that was available i got all three and of these wrong kids. you said uh you said chrysler corp um 1936 and it was a 12 dollar option Unfortunately, Kevin, that's not correct. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> it, it was uh, Chevrolet. Ah. It was in 1922. Oh, wow. And it was a $200 option. Holy smokes. Yeah. Was, yeah, which boy, is they, about a two, like an $1,800 to $2,000 option today. They should have listened so. to me. It would have been much better at 12 bucks. <laughs> right. No doubt. Well, it's Man. funny because you meant you, there, there were... Um, like enthusiasts that would that would tinker around with putting uh, mobile radios in cars and things like that, and it was actually a gentleman named Paul Gilmer uh, in the '30s who who realized I can make a lot of money if I can make this a lot more affordable. So he was able to do that. He cut the price and about about in half hmm. uh, for the option. And Paul Gilmer ended up uh, founding the Motorola company. Huh. So there you Motorola, go. it was your first affordable mass-produced uh, in-car radio, which is kind of what I said. So I yeah. got it right. <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> right on, man. Thank you. <laughs> Shock another win up for the preacher, man. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, that was a learning experience. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You bet. Uh, your question was. Mm. Uh, over the years, the, the Jeep brand vehicles have had a lot of different uh, letter combinations in their name. What does CJ stand for? Yeah. And Sam, you it, said it's, it was... It's French for I don't know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you said, well, you know, it, it refers to the level of its off-road capabilities. Uh, perhaps mm-hmm. the CJ had a locking differential or heavier-duty suspension. Or it was lifted higher than a different one. Uh, and then the bonus was the uh, word of the name Jeep come from, which uh, you said it was an acronym for GP or general purpose. And if you say that quickly, it's Jeep. Well, unfortunately. <laughs> hey! <laughs> uh, the CJ actually stands for Civilian Jeep. God! Son of a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the, it started with this, the CJ, I think a CJ one or CJ two in nineteen fifty five, and and all the way up through the late seventies with the CJ five and CJ six and seven. Um, Jeep. They kept that civilian Jeep moniker. So Huge. yeah, that was Son news to bitch. me too. Believe it or not, I mm-hmm. 
I did not know that either. Yeah, great. Um, but as far as the name's concerned, yeah, a lot of people say GP, general purpose, but um, doing a little research on that, I've learned that uh, that I think has been discredited because Ford was the only one who um, had uh, literature that the government required a general purpose vehicle, but nobody called those general purpose vehicles. Mm. Um, they called them Jeeps kind of right away. And what we're learning is that if you remember the Popeye character, the cartoons, Eugene little, the Jeep, Eugene Jeep, right? There's a yeah. little guy, right? And, and his, uh, ability was to be able to go through walls or walk over stuff and, you know, he right. could come and go anywhere. And they think that looking at the timing of when that cartoon character came out first and then this vehicle and the way it was named, a lot of people think that they called this thing the Jeep because it could get around stuff and go over things and it was unstoppable, just like the little cartoon character. So I see. Mm. fine (laughs) (laughs) i'm still not claiming that that's the correct answer but that's what i have read so far yeah i'm my guess is probably wrong let's just let's put it that way well the bigger thing is that i better be right on this by the time uh I get to the SEMA cruise this year because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of Jeeps. There won't be any Jeeps this year. It's all yeah. going to be something else. <laughs> yeah. A lot of lifted trucks and a lot of Jeeps. Uh, I've, uh-huh. I've learned. It's been nice going to the, this, these truck events. I've learned quite a bit about uh, uh, the suspension systems and the nomenclature on lifted trucks that I never knew. So cool. Maybe, maybe there's a trivia question there. Maybe. Great. Can't wait. Yeah. yeah I bet. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, this uh, is this another fun one. I, uh, yeah, I had a good, good time times. with this particular episode, and, and I hope uh, everybody listening did as well. Um, as you probably know by now, you're if you can hear this, you're listening to it somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stitcher Radio uh, Pod. Let's see. Pod Chaser. Pod Chaser is a good one. Uh, we're doing really well on Pod Chaser. Oh yeah, uh, of we course. Rock it. iTunes, we're uh, we're kind of bouncing between, you know, the top 15, 18, 19, mm-hmm. 15, somewhere around there on iTunes. Uh, we'd really love to get higher on that for no other reason, just to say that we could. So mm-hmm. uh, we encourage people to listen to iTunes. Um, of course, Google Play. You can listen mm-hmm. to us on our website at v8radio.com. Uh, you can use the TuneIn Radio app. Right. Um, you can listen to us on uh, iHeartRadio, too, which is yep. cool. And Spotify. Uh, and Spotify, definitely Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, uh, straight off the Facebook page as well. So uh, if you have comments about the show, you're always welcome to leave them on any one of those sites that offer commentary. And uh, I'm sure we'll get them somehow. And uh, maybe even take back some of our words if we've been <laughs> <laughs> hey if i can be if i'm proven wrong i will take it all back that's it that's it mm-hmm. all right my friend well i think we've uh, we've dragged them we've glided them long enough glided we've them made, long enough they've made it to the finish line <laughs> on another episode of v8 radio <laughs> <laughs>